Well, good morning. Uh, it's good to be back here in Bayview. Uh, every time I come and visit, and it's probably been over a year now since I've been here. Uh, and so it's a little bit more common uh, in Janesville when we were planting the church. There was a time where uh, our services were on Sunday nights. Uh, and so I was able to come more on Sunday mornings and to see some of you and uh, to come and share and to see what's happening here in Bayview. But um, was it... Uh, Two years ago, on Easter, we moved to Sunday mornings, and so that really kind of limited the amount that we'd be able to travel, and uh, since we've launched the church, I haven't been here, so uh, it's good to see uh, some faces that I recognize. Uh, my wife and I used to attend here about seven years or so, and so as I look out, I see a, a smattering of faces that uh, I know and we've done some life and church together with, uh, and then at the same time, there's been a ton of new faces uh, and so afterwards, I'd love to, to say hello and get to meet you and uh, maybe hear your story a little bit. But uh, um, thank you for inviting me to come and share here. Just as an update, uh, some of the things that have been happening in Janesville. We've been there for about four years, uh, planting a church. When we first started, it was a small group of about 18 people. Uh, last September, we did our official launch uh, and sent out a notice to the community uh, that we were there as a church. Uh, and since then, God has been uh, faithful to grow us uh, together, both uh, adding to our numbers right now. We've got probably about 80 or so as part of the congregation, uh, but then also just in closeness together. Uh, it's been amazing to see the way that God will actually build his church. Uh, we do certain things, uh, invites out to the community and, and the like, but it seems like most of our growth is coming from places that we just don't even expect. Uh, a meeting at a coffee shop, somebody working, and as they're working and talking to their co-workers, uh, God is adding and growing to his church. We're seeing lives changed, uh, families strengthened, uh, and just the ability to be the church in Janesville, uh, to share the love of God through the gospel. Uh, and so we thank you for your prayers, uh, and as you're praying for us to do that, and we've been praying for you as well, uh, that God would continue uh, to use Mercy Hill to point to Christ in the gospel. Uh, this morning, as we continue on in our series in Advent, we're going to be taking a look at the topic uh, of love, uh, looking at love when it relates to uh, the coming of Christ, both within Christmas and as we are waiting for uh, his second coming uh, with much anticipation. And as we get into this, uh, I would like to, to pray uh, as we start this morning. You know, as, as we pray, I, I just want to take a moment. Because our, our lives can get so hectic. This season can get so hectic. Uh, this season can be full of joy, uh, and, and it can be full of pain sometimes if we've lost friends or family, or, or we have difficult situations at home. Uh, sometimes it's a financial crunch. Maybe, maybe there's somebody that you know uh, that's struggling with illness, and, and so it's a difficult season for you uh, right now. And, and as I come in to pray for the message, I just want to take a moment... Uh, and if that's you here this morning, and, and as you're coming into Christmas, and it's a difficult year, it's hard to focus on the reason for this season, I just want you to raise your hand here this morning uh, and just join in with a prayer. Right, thank you. I, I, my hand's up here this morning. We've got a number of hands throughout the audience. Oh, Father, we come before you. And Lord, I don't know what these prayer requests are. I don't know what the need is. I don't know what the pain or the hurt, the frustration is. But God, you do. 
And You are love. And You love us. And so, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, would You work in these situations for Your glory. Father, I pray that uh, if a healing is needed, that, Lord, You would bring healing. Father, if it's finances, that You would provide as You have promised. Lord, I pray for restored relationships this morning. And any number of other things uh, that are represented, Lord, I just pray that You would work in those situations in a way that points to Christ, His love, the glory of the Gospel, and the freedom found in the forgiveness and redemption in Christ. Lord, as we come to this message, as we look at Scripture in regards to Your love for us, I pray that Your Spirit would work upon our lives. Father, we humbly admit that there's nothing that we can do to change our hearts, but only Your power can. Lord, I pray that You help me point to the Gospel, the Gospel alone. Lord, again, I pray if there needs to be healing through Your words, that there would be healing. If there is conviction that is needed, that You would convict our hearts. And Lord, if we need repent, that You would lead us to repentance through the grace and mercy of Christ. Lord, we need You this morning. We need You. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we get into the topic of love, I just want to take a moment uh, and ask you to think about the relationships that you have uh, in your life that you consider to be love. You know, whether that's a family member, uh, a spouse, a children, a close friend, uh, many of these things uh, are going to be these close relationships that uh, we care or cherish and, and have love for the people that you're thinking of. You know, I think about this question, and myself, and, and I think about you know my family and how fortunate I am. I'm blessed with a wife that is far beyond my league. Uh, and, and if any of you know Angie, you know that's true. Um, but for those of you that don't know Angie, uh, I just want to tell you a moment kind of what I was like before I met her. Um, I was one of the guys that would wear you know the shirt with the three wolves on it, and I thought it was cool. Um, I didn't have any sense of style you know whatsoever. Uh, and thankfully, she was gracious and merciful to help me change that. Uh, when I met her, um, I was so awkward that I didn't ask for her phone number at all. I asked for her email. It's like, yeah, so can I get your email and maybe we could email back and forth. Uh, and she's like, no, I really don't use email. Here's my number. Um, and so she really helped me out with that one. Uh, and then I waited like the obligatory like three days, you know, like I didn't want to call right away, but I didn't want to wait too long. Uh, and so I knew her work schedule. And, and so I waited to call while she was at work. Um, and for some reason, she wasn't at work that day. You know, so I'm, I'm, I got my message all in my mind. Like I know exactly what I'm going to say, this, this smooth line. And, and all of a sudden, hello, uh, you know, just this. It's by the grace of God alone. Um, I even remember when I officially asked her out, so that phone call wasn't even asking out. It was just like, hey, how are you doing? Um, we were sitting at a Perkins, and, and I don't even know what I said. It took me like 20 minutes to say it. Uh, and at the end of it, I said, uh, would you think about possibly maybe praying about whether or not God might have us to think about, you know, <laughs> Dating, I, literally, this is what I said. Sweating. 
And so I said, what do you think? Yeah, sure. Well, well yeah, sure about the praying part? Or, or yeah, 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 sure about like the dating part. No, no, about the dating part. Okay, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and literally, I, I got up and went to the bathroom and like, you know, took the towels and like wiping the sweat all off my face. And like, <gasps> she said, yes, now what? <laughs> you know? Um, so again, when I say that it's by the grace of God that I have a wife that's far beyond my league, I really, really mean it. Uh, she has been a blessing. Uh, and it's God's mercy uh, for that. I think about my daughter, Eliana. She's six, uh, going on seven years old. She loves the ballet. Uh, and just just a joy. Last night I, w- I went out for a walk, kind of praying and thinking about the message for this morning. And, and I come in. I was only gone for like half an hour. And I come into the house, and it's just, Daddy! And she comes running and like jumping up into my arms, and, and just this sweet moment. And, and, and as she's sitting there, like I felt led to, to ask her a question. And I said, Eliana, why do you love me? And I'm sitting there kind of like wondering, what is a six-year-old going to say? Why do you love me? And her answer, without hesitation, because you're my daddy. Just because, why do you love me? Because you're my daddy. Okay, what do you mean by that? You know, what what about me? What do I do that causes you to love me? Well, you take care of me. And you love me. Like, if I'm hungry, you get me food. If I'm thirsty, you get me water. Like, you do cool things with me. You're goofy and you're, you're silly. And, and she goes through this list of just these really simple things that exp- she feels loved by. You snuggle me. The sense of warmth and caring and safety and love all expressed in, in a gesture, a physical gesture. And the biggest thing was just, you're my daddy and you love me. And this really got me thinking. It got me thinking about the love of God. And how He loves us. And we're going to get into these passages. Uh, and then it started me thinking about, like, how do we love God back? You know, with my daughter, I just, when did I start loving her? Well, as soon as I found out about her. As soon as I found out that she was coming. Like, like love started growing within me at that point and, and wondering what was she going to be like. What what could I do in her life? And and half of my prayers was, Lord, don't let me screw this up. But this love and this care and this desire to provide and protect, like like all of that was in me for her from that moment. And some of the scriptures that we're going to look at this morning point how that's the same with God for us. That before we were even formed, He knew us. That, That He knows the number of hairs on our head. It's the love that He has for us. And then I'm looking at my daughter's love for me, and, and it's just this simple, I love you because you love me. And the verse in John 4 says, we love him because he first loved us. So then I started thinking about, okay, well, what about my love? You know, so I'm looking at my love for my daughter and her love for me, uh, and then I started thinking about, okay, my love for my parents. And, and a few memories came to my mind in that. Uh, one, I remember um, sitting on the living room floor um, watching Star Trek and like Captain Picard and Geordi and, you know, the good old classic one. And, um, 
and I had an ice cream bucket on the floor next to me because I had the flu, and I was throwing up while watching Star Trek. I, like, that's, I, but what do I remember about that? Not, not the unpleasantness of being sick, but, but my mom saying, okay, how can I take care of you? Here, let me get you, get you a clean, fresh bucket. You know, do you need a blanket? Here's some seven. She would, she would take seven up and then stir it so, so that the, the carbonation wasn't too strong for my stomach that was upset. And it was her love. I, I remember um, being in elementary school on safety patrol. Was anybody else in safety patrol? Like, I was so proud to be in safety patrol. You know, the orange belt and everything like that. It was so cool. Uh, but I remember one day... Um, being on safety patrol, and I had rode my bike, and I had to ride back home, uh, and it was a terrible rainstorm. Like, like it was like you couldn't see past a block. It was raining so hard, and I'm just sitting there in cold, and I'm pushing my bike because I feel like I can't ride it, and like, okay, I've got a long way to get home, and then, and then I see my dad's car come around the corner you know, to, to come and pick me up. And I, and I think about the love that they have for me. And then, I remembered times in my life where I was so upset with them. I was so frustrated by them that I would storm off into my room, close the door in anger, saying, they don't love me. Nobody loves me. And why was that? Just oftentimes these, these silly reasons, like I couldn't go hang out with the friends that I wanted to hang out with. Now they don't love me. Or, or a new bike that I wanted and the finances weren't there and I'm sitting there like, oh, they don't love me. They don't care for me. I remember saying that out loud, like why don't they love me? And now my perspective has completely changed now. As I have my daughter, and I'm hoping we haven't gotten to a situation like that yet, but I'm just wondering what's, what's going to happen when all of a sudden what she wants, and out of my love, what is good for her and caring for her, when she doesn't understand that, how is she going to respond? And oftentimes I think that our relationship with God can almost be the same way. Right? Like, we look at Scripture and we see His love for us. We think about Christ and the cross and, and His love for us. And we're going to get into these verses. And we have this, this knowledge in our head for His love for us. But then as we're going on in life and things become difficult and we start to wonder, like, why hasn't God done something in this situation? Why hasn't He done the miraculous? Why hasn't He taken this? Why hasn't He changed this? Why did the muffler on my car fall apart and I have to pay $700 to fix it? Like, like we lit all of these little things in our life, start messing with our relationship with God, and, and, and it causes this little bit of a distance. We're like, yeah, I know He loves me, and He's forgiven me for my sins because I've repented of them to Him, and, and I know that He has an inheritance for me that is in heaven, as First Peter says, that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and kept for us by the power of the Spirit. Like, I know all of that, but like there's this disconnect sometimes because life's not going the way I thought it should. 
because I don't get what I want, or there's a, a sense of happiness. And, and really what it reveals is that we're, we're putting our happiness and our hope in things other than Christ. And when we're disappointed in that, all of a sudden we're reflecting it onto God and saying, I don't feel loved by you in this moment. Sometimes our, our Christian life is just this pursuit of this experience of feeling loved by God. And what are some of these things that, that happen in your life that feel that way? Sometimes it's a sunset. And it's just this beautiful sunset that we see and, and we know that God is glorious and we feel loved in that moment. Maybe you have a favorite bird, you know, that's really rare to see and when you see that bird fly by, you feel that love. Maybe it's a song. We each have these different things in our life that we feel like God communicates His love to us. Maybe it's the parking space right by the store in the Christmas season. Like, God, thank you for the parking space. But if we just pursue after those things, they're just temporary. They come and they go. And then if our happiness and joy, our hope, as we've been talking about these past weeks with Advent, that's all based on these temporary uh, circumstances within this world, we might tie that to our love for God. And then our feeling loved by God can waver based on what we're going through in our life. And that's not what we're called to do at all. Because the love of God does not change. In fact, the verse we're about to get into says that God is love in First John. And so this morning, uh, as we go into the message, uh, I want to do something a little bit different. Because I was praying... How, how do I communicate the love of God? Like, like how can I come uh, to, to Milwaukee? How can I even do it in Janesville? How can I, a, a broken sinner who's in desperate need of the love and grace of God myself, I need to know God's love more. How, how can I come here and then explain God's love to you in a way that you're like, oh yeah, He loves me. And I can't. I can't do it. It's impossible for me to, to help you to, to, to be able to experience the love of God. It's only a work of God in the Holy Spirit. And so what I want to do this morning, I want to pray one more time, uh, and then we're going to go through a number of different verses uh, and just kind of read these. The hope that He's given to us. The love that He has shown to us. And, and it's my prayer as we do this, the Holy Spirit works in my heart that I feel His love more, that He works in your heart, and you feel His love more, and that we anchor it in His Word, which is eternal and given to us as a gift. So, Father, as we come to these passages, uh, Lord, I pray that by Your Spirit, would You do only what You can do. Father, would You melt my heart of stone? Lord, would You melt our hearts? Would your word, which is a two-edged sword, cleave down to bone and marrow and spirit and soul, that you would affect us in our deepest places where we most need to understand your deep, unending, never-fading love for us. Father, as I read these passages, I pray that you would grant me the wisdom when to speak and when just to point to you. In Jesus' name. All right, so if you have your Bibles, or the verses are going to be on the screen. In 1 John chapter 4, um, 
verse uh, 7 through 10. And in the context of first chapter, or first John, as we get into this, uh, the context of this passage is uh, John is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit about God's love for us and then how that should be reflected out uh, to the world around us, um, both by us living in righteousness and obedience, and, that, and that's reflecting our love for God, uh, but also our love for one another. Uh, and so I don't want to uh, take this out of that, and I encourage you to go and read First John. It's um, four, maybe five chapters. Uh, read that and, and kind of get that context uh, if you can. Uh, but this morning, because it's Advent, we're focusing on God's love. Uh, that's where I kind of want to zero in on and, and pray that the Spirit works within us. Verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, because love is from God. I, just right there. Love is from God. Like, uh, love is one of our best emotions as humans, right? You know, we can, we can have joy and we can have happiness, but, but being loved and loving someone, like it's one of our deepest emotions that we have and, and here we see it's a, a reflection of God and, and as humans at times we can we can twist it and mix it up and, and we don't do it in obedience to the scriptures and we pursue love in the places that we're, we're not supposed to pursue love but, but if we have what love is truly is it is such a gift and it says right here it's from God if God wasn't love, we wouldn't be experiencing the love that we have for one another, our children, our parents, our spouses, our best friends. We wouldn't have that. But it says God is love. Love is from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. We're looking at these verses. We have to understand that the love here, uh, if you look at the original language, is agape. And so, when it's talking about um, the one who does not uh, know, does not love, does not know God. Uh, when we look at people that we know that that aren't Christians, uh, they have forms of love. There's other words for love within the Greek language. There, there's a love of a brother. There's a love of family. There is a, a physical type love that can be shared. Like all of those different things are, are types of love. But what it's talking about here is agape love. It is a, a selfish, sacrificial love that is given fully and given deeply without any expectation of return. And so what it's saying here is, uh, if, you, if you love God, He's given you this love, and you're now able to reflect that into the world around us. Verse 9, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. Love consists in this. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or the appeasement or the payment for our sins. God's love was revealed this way. He sent His Son so that we might live through Him. 
We talked about this already in 1 John 4.19. It says, we love because He first loved us. Uh, we were incapable of showing this agape love. We were incapable of loving God until we received His love uh, to begin with. We can see this in Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 1. It says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now it continues on the next couple of verses in the way that we used to walk. But we were dead in these trespasses and sin. You know, in fact, I took it out of there and I wish I hadn't now. Ephesians chapter 2, if you have your Bibles. It says, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that's now at work in the sons of disobedience, uh, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in his mercy... Because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. How often do we contemplate on this truth? Just just to take a step back from our current lives, from our employment, from our relationships, from our uh, marriages, from our children, from, from all of our experiences that we're facing right now that can distract us. How often do we take a step back from that and say, I was spiritually dead. I was spiritually dead and destined for wrath. God, because of His great love and His great mercy and His great grace, re- reached down and opened my eyes to my desperate need for a Savior. That He worked within my heart to, to bring it alive to a point where I, I'm repenting before Him and saying, I need You to rescue me. I have nothing else. I have nothing to give You. There's nothing that I can offer in order to receive Your love. Like my daughter. I just I love her. She doesn't need to, to take a crayon and, and draw her best sunshine and give it to me in order for me to love her. I just I just love her. We need to think about this truth. We were we were dead in our sins and trespasses. As Holly was saying before we got into that song about God being the king of our hearts, like we have nothing. And yet because of His love, He he rescued us out of that, made us alive in Jesus Christ through His death on the cross. And not just the forgiveness of our sins, but but He put the Spirit within us. So much so that that we're called children of God. That God is our Father. That that because of His Spirit within us, we can cry out, Abba, Father. It literally means Daddy. God loves us so much. That He sent His Son to die. And, and we struggle with understanding this. Which is why Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 17, that the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened so that you may know, so that you may know that you might understand what is the hope to which he is called? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And all right, here, I want to take a look at just that sentence. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? This inheritance is not talking about us. It's not talking about our inheritance at all. 
It's not the same as in First Peter where it's saying where we've been given an inheritance, a, a deposit kept in heaven for us that is unfading. This is something different. It's not even our inheritance. You notice here it says, His glorious inheritance in the saints. In fact, in the original language, you look at this, and, and this inheritance is almost special possession, purchased and redeemed by the blood of Christ. And so when he's sitting here, Paul is praying that we understand the hope and the fact that we are the riches of, we are God's special possession as the saints. I was purchased by the blood of Christ. I can't even try to describe the value of the blood of Christ. That God Himself, without sin, the Creator of the universe, like everything that we enjoy, He, he created the sunsets, a hummingbird, a blue mud dauber. Does anybody know what a blue mud dauber is? It's, I, it was just this, I was outside on my deck. And, and there's this wasp on the deck. And it looked really weird. And I'm like, I don't want to get close to it. And, and it was really shiny. And, and it's this really like royal blue, shiny, it looks like chrome blue wasp that, that's just sitting there. And then there was more that came. And, and there was just like this, this swarm of like these metallic blue wasps. And then I ran away because I, I didn't know what was going on. But, but I looked it up. And it's not like this weird freak of nature, but it's, it's a blue mud dauber. And they're actually not very aggressive at all. But just, just the beauty in a wasp that God spoke into existence, that Christ spoke into existence. Let there be a blue mud dauber. Let it be shiny blue. And it happened. Let there be stars in the sky. And we can stand out in a field and look up. And I've never felt so small when I do that. Just looking up at the vast expanse and knowing that, that God spoke every one of those stars into existence. And He knows them all by name. And He knows how many hairs I have on my head and how fast they're leaving. This is the power and love of God. Even the life that we have, the things that we enjoy... We just went through fall and, and all of the, the colors on the leaves uh, in the trees, the, the golds and the reds and the oranges and, and just all of this beauty that is there for us. God didn't have to do that. He could just say, well, when they die, they, they fall like a banana and turn black and just like how ugly would be fall at that point if like we just had a bunch of black rotted leaves on the ground. But we can see God's love as we look at creation and the world around us. We can see it the eyes of our spouse, the eyes of our child, and just this love that He has given to us. And we need to grasp it and understand what is this hope. And this is Jesus who spoke it all into existence. And came to earth to die. 
created the blue mud dauber and came to die. Gave us every good thing and came uh, to die out of an act of love. John 15 verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. This is where I think we struggle sometimes as Christians. When, when we start to feel uh, maybe a, a little bit of a, a dulling of, of how we feel God loves for us, uh, we have to remember that the greatest expression of His love, the, the, the most love that He could ever show for us, was given in that moment on the cross where He stepped out from heaven. Philippians 2 says this, Have this mind amongst yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The creator of the universe willingly left heaven. I willingly left all the glory and grandeur that, that we can't even comprehend in order to come onto this earth to live life as a perfect and sinless human. And, and each one of us here this morning knows how difficult life on this planet can be at times. And, and yet, He willingly did that for us out of love in order to humble himself to the point of becoming obedient to death on a cross as a criminal. Because that's what a cross is. It's a method of execution for a criminal. So he humbled himself as the creator of everything to the point of dying as a criminal so we wouldn't have to. We looked at Ephesians and it says that by nature we were children of wrath. And because of His love for us, now, now He comes in. This is what Christmas is all about. This is what the, the love of God in Christmas in Advent is, is, is that we were on a path towards hell, and instead He comes down as a baby born in a manger in order to live a life with express purpose to die for our sins so that we might have a way back to God and forgiveness as we repent and He works within our lives. The love of God is astounding. And as we walk, there's often times where we just become distracted because we're looking at our circumstances. And we need to, to anchor ourselves in this love of God. But we need to be able to, to turn, to look at this, to, to rejoice in the very things that He has done. We, we look at the Psalms and I just think of Psalms 27 uh, as David is writing here. And so knowing how great God is, how He created everything, this is David's response. And, and I think it's a call for us to, to share this. He says in ver uh, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it's they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. 
And so he's going through a, a list of the circumstances that he's had in his life where, where an army was chasing him and he's saying, I'm not going to be afraid because I have God who's created me. David was called a man after God's own heart. And we see time and time again in the New Testament that, that we're called to be God's children, that we have the Father's love, that the Spirit helps us to cry out, Abba, Father. And so we can put our own situations into this passage and say, even though there's cancer in somebody in my family, why should I be afraid? I have God. He loves me. I love Him. Facing a, a difficulty at work, why should I be afraid? Why should I let this uh, affect my feeling of love for God for me? He loves me. David continues here. He says, One thing I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after. I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For He will hide me in His shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of His tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies. And I will offer in His tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. It's just this amazing... Uh, praise of what God has done in his life. And he's saying, you know, my circumstances, God is greater and God is bigger than, than any of these things. And so I'm going to praise him. I'm going to lift him up. I'm going to thank him. He says, one thing I ask that I will seek, I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And, and that's the protection of his circumstances. It's the seeking after the God. It's, it's the looking and remembering what He has done for us that protects us, that grants us the strength for the circumstances. Because if we're just focused on, on what we're going through in this life and, and we're struggling with some things and in that we feel distant from God, like He's not taking care of us in the way that we would like, we, we need to remember to, to seek God and to see what He's already done, that His greatest expression was accomplished at the cross in His deep love for us and giving His life. He gave His life so that you might be able to spend eternity with Him. You. It says heaven rejoices when one sinner repents and comes back to the Lord. I think of the illustration or the parable. Uh, he talks about you know, a shepherd who's lost one sheep and he goes out to find the one sheep. Uh, and in that same passage, he talks about a woman who lost a coin. Uh, and, and she sets aside everything that she does in order to search her entire house for that one coin. And, and when he finds the sheep and she finds the coin, they rejoice so much that they invite everybody over for a celebration. And the application that Jesus has is there's more rejoicing in heaven uh, when this happens. As I read those things and I think about being a coin or, or being a sheep, because I mean, that's what we are, where, where Christ left heaven to come and seek us out, to show His love for us, that, that when He finds us, there's such rejoicing. But, but I think in those parables, okay, she found this coin, this one coin, and she's so excited over finding this one coin that she spends a bunch of money in order to invite her friends and family over to celebrate over this one coin. doesn't make sense to me. Like, I'd be like, all right, cool. Now I can go buy 
a Happy Meal or whatever. You know, I got extra, like, what, really, like, what do you feel like when you put on your winter jacket the first time and there's a $20 bill in it? It's like, sweet! It's not like, okay, let me throw a party and spend it all. It's like, all right. So she does this out of rejoicing. And it makes me think of Christ. The cost. Like, the, the, the coin was worth so much, but she spent more in order to celebrate. Our lives as humans are worth so much, but God spent so much more through Christ's blood just to celebrate with us that we're rescued, that we're redeemed, that we spend eternity with Him. In fact, Jesus says that He eagerly awaits to, to celebrate the Lord's Supper with us at the table in heaven. That's what we have waiting for us in Christ. Through His love. And so it's my prayer that this Christmas season um, that we would reflect on, like Nate said earlier, the reason for the season. It's God's love came down. That we would take moments to just step outside of our circumstance and remember God's great love for us in Christ being born in a manger. That when we see nativity scenes, that we're just not like, oh, it's Christmas tradition, but right there, lying is the love of God. Born for us. Our hope, our joy, our peace, and our love.